0: We are going to open up God's Word. Uh, Mary just texted me saying, Cheese will smell. So maybe cheese and a hamper isn't great. Yes, think of other Christmassy stuff. <laughs> That's all the text said. Cheese will smell. What a great text. I might keep that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever get a text like that from my wife again. Anyway, we are going to open up the Bible. and uh, I don't know about you guys. I want to start by, have you ever had one of those days that are super productive? <laughs> Hopefully you have. I don't have many of them. But uh, one of those days where you're like, yes, I've, I've done everything I've set out to do. You know, uh, maybe a Saturday and you've you put stuff to the recycling center and you've cleared out a cupboard and then uh, you've went out on an adventure or walk somewhere. Well, we had one of those days uh, recently. We went to Landmark and we got annual passes for Landmark. Uh, last Christmas. And the boys, our two boys, absolutely love it. Actually, let me rephrase that. I absolutely love it. I love it more than them. The dinosaurs, the slides, getting to to help Struan on the slides as well. Oh, Struan might need a little help with this. I I love it more than he does. Uh, Then we have a little space, which is known as the, I might say this wrong, the the Bamboozleum Yeah, I'm going to say that. And it's full of all these optical illusions and tricks of the eye. So there's one exhibit in particular where if you... It's like a dinosaur. And if you stand at a certain angle with the light, uh, you see a different picture to whether if you stood at a different place or walked past it. So you have this dinosaur which does some funny things depending on where you look at. And then you also have a room where you look at these like 3D pictures. And as you walk past, you see these pictures kind of jumping out at you and uh, you see them a bit clearer. And uh, that big area of, of landmark, that space, reminds me about perspective. Uh, depending where we view something from will impact how we perceive it and ultimately how we allow it to shape us. How we look at things is really, really important. It's really important. And that's what I want to look at this morning. I want to look at perspective. Uh, A man was driving in the country one day and he saw an old man sitting on a fence rail and he was watching the cars go by. And stopping uh, to pass the time of day, the traveler said, I could never stand living out here. You don't see anything. And I'm sure you don't travel like I do. Uh, I'm on the go all the time. And the old man on the fence, he looked down at this stranger and he said, I can't see much difference in what I'm doing and what you're doing. I sit in the fence and I watch the cars go by. And you sit in your car and you watch the fence go by. It's just the way you look at things. And I, I do really feel God on this word this morning. And it's going to be around perspectives that the Lord wants to reset some of how we are viewing this last season, or the season right now that we're in, not to discount the pain and the struggles and the toughness. I I, I stand alongside you having journeyed that as well, but to remind and to renew us how we view Jesus in this season, and we look forward. I started last week on a, a series on Philippians, and Paul's writing to the church in Philippi. And it's one of several prison letters from Paul, who's had a bit of a rough ride, to say the least. But this book is so, so rich in in showing us how he walks it, how he walks through it. And last week, we looked at the first few verses, and we looked particularly at Thanksgiving. And the rest of, of the verses that I read last week, we have a greeting from Paul, him sharing his hopes for this church and uh, the hopes are, are things like, I-, I pray that your love abounds more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So we have this, this greeting and his hopes for them. And I want us to read 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1, 1 Corinthians? No, I don't, 1 Corinthians. Philippians 1, 12 to 26. I don't have, I was going to other parts of the Bible there. Philippians 1, 12 to 26. And these verses are an incredible insight into Paul's experiences and his perspective in the, the season that he's facing right now. So Philippians 1, 12 to 16. Lord, we thank you for your word. I, I pray it nourishes us. I pray it uh, calls out and reminds us who we are in you. I pray it deposits hope in us, Lord, this morning. Lord, I, I pray that uh, there's just some sweet moments in your presence as we unpack this. In Jesus' name, amen. So Philippians 1, 12 to 26. This is Paul speaking. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains but what does it matter the important thing is that in every way whether from false motives or true Christ is preached and because of this I rejoice yes and I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Let me have a wee drink of water. Amen. Amen. The phrase that came to me as I looked at these verses was locked down but not locked out. I could be talking about Paul here in this passage, or I could be talking about us. That could be a quite a good phrase for us for the last eight months or so. If you type lockdown into Google, you get bombarded with lockdown rules, lockdown tears, lockdown changes, lockdown protests, lockdown skeptics. This season has been full on and uh, what has been a great relief for me is to disconnect intentionally at at times in my week as it can be really overwhelming especially with all coming up with Christmas and the bubbles and and everything uh, being communicated with that. We see Paul here in prison writing and it really encourages me and I hope it encourages you and challenges me It gets the blood pumping in my veins. It makes me believe more for a Jesus movement in Inverness. It makes me believe more and more and more that God is doing something new in this city. And it reminds me that he just wants to get alongside us and to be a people of faith, of risk and adventure. A people of love and a people who say, yes, Lord. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but I'm finding the weeks are flying by. Do you ever say that to somebody? Oh, the weeks are flying by. It's going to be Christmas before we know it. And I read a little scientific report into this. Uh, I don't know if it was scientific, actually. It was on Google. So uh, I think it was a a research into it. But it's to do with experiences. The younger we are, the more experiences we have, the more new things we encounter. And it means that our weeks go slower. It means that time feels like it's going slower. When we're older, we get into routines, the same old things. The weeks fly by. And I was reflecting on that and I was just saying to the Lord, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to speak and pray over us as a church family, over the new, over opportunity, over faith moments this week, that we, we don't want to be operating in the same old, in the monotonous, uh, that the Lord would help us look up and to take new ground. Three things I want to share this morning. That Paul teaches us in this passage from prison that we can relate to, uh, hopefully, in terms of our experiences in the last eight months. Firstly, Paul knows there's a plan. He knows there's a plan. Paul is writing from prison and he says, hey, Philippian church, what has happened here has actually served to advance the gospel. There's a couple of things here. Look at this word, actually. It's very deliberate from Paul. Things are not good. They know that. But he wants to emphasize that God has used it all. Everything that's happened, all the, all the, the tough stuff that I've been through, is actually served to advance the gospel. And then we have the word advance. The word advance, the term used here, the, originally this word, was used uh, of a pioneer cutting his way through brushwood. So you can picture the torture that was intended to derail the gospel has actually served to pioneer new ways for it to be shared. Think about that for a second. The enemy's strategies and plans to derail and to stop the good news of Jesus has in effect brought it, into a new direction what a thought what a thought (coughs) excuse me what the enemy means for evil he turns it for our good what the enemy means for evil he turns it for our good Paul is in prison most probably chained to different guards in the prison at various points in his day if we look at verse 13 he says this as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. I want to I just reflect on that line. Who is chained to who here? Paul, who has nearly been lynched, flogged, imprisoned wrongly, shamed, insulted, beaten. So he's saying, you know, let me tell you, I'm not chained to you. I'm chained to Christ. Can you imagine being a fly in the wall at that point? The chats. What has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. You know, this last seven months, we are on YouTube. And what has happened in terms of changes around church, things looking different, I believe, has actually served to advance the gospel. I'm not usually into views and looking at seeing and how many People are watching the services. But last week, our first stream, I think it's nearly 300 views on YouTube. Granted, 250 of them are probably with my mum, just really proud and and watching and uh, cheering me on. But I know for a fact that our wee dance hall in Melbourne wasn't fitting that many in. I don't know all who are watching, but uh, I know although this situation... Is rubbish in a lot of ways and has its ruins and and tough stuff. It also has its reminders of Jesus being in it. Are we focusing our perspective on the rubbish and ruins or the reminders that God is still here? Let me ask you that again. Are we focusing our perspective on the rubbish and the ruins or the reminders that God is still here? God is still in this. God has a plan. I want to ask us this morning, what are we chained to? Are we chained to the prison of this pandemic and everything we can't do? Or are we chained to the promises of God and everything we can do? I believe the Lord wants to switch some locks this morning. He wants to switch some chains over this morning. Secondly, he knows his story is speaking life into others. A couple of months ago, I was in Asda getting the food bank shop for Nest Bank, who we still support and, and help out. And uh, I was getting to the checkout, had my mask on, and the lady at the checkout was looking at me intensely. And she uh, asked, are you doing some baking? And I was like, no, I'm not doing any baking. I'm actually getting for a food bank in this bank. We support them as a church. And then she continues scanning my stuff. And then she looks up at me again, and I smiled at her. But she didn't see I was smiling because I had my mask on. So I just looked like I was staring intensely at this lady. And then she says, are you from the vineyard? And I was like, yes, 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 I'm from the vineyard. And uh, she then says, I've been watching your services online. Somebody shared it on social media. And uh, I've ended up watching your services. I was like, wow, here I am in Asda, don't have a clue who you are, and you're watching church online. Isn't that amazing? And it really encouraged me that even when we can't see it or feel it, God is still moving. I hope that story encourages you. I don't get it right all the time, but I'm having more conversations with God, uh, about God and faith with people, uh, with strangers than I have ever done in this last few months. God is doing something and I believe he wants to reignite some fire for friendships and encounters with with people we've never met, but especially friendships, friends that are asking questions just now, friends that are hurting, friends who don't know Jesus. And we see Paul, if we read in verse 14, and I love this verse, he says this, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord. And dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Dare all the more. I love that line. His story is speaking life to dry bones to dare. The chains are setting off chain reactions. Now, uh, I would sing chain reactions by steps right now, uh, but legally I can't. It's nothing to do with COVID, but my bad singing voice. Ah, I'm joking. Uh, nobody wants to hear me singing. Nobody wants to hear me singing steps. Maybe I'll do it when we're allowed to. Do our chains set off chain reactions? Do uh, Does how we journey prison moments and struggles inspire other believers? And what I'm not saying here is like a stiff upper lip moment. I'm saying does how we journey the, the valleys... Does it shine I'm, I'm trusting God? Does it shine I'm staying faithful? Does it shine I'm, I, I've i got a holy resolve? Does it shine I'm not giving up? It, does it shine I believe God is with me in this? I, I believe there's a couple of people, and we feel like a heap of dry bones this morning, and the, we're desperate to dare again. And the Lord, I believe, is just wanting to whisper, go for it, go for it, dare go forth without fear. Whether that's a, a new a ministry maybe in the church or an idea we have or maybe it's career or maybe it's in a move or in a conversation or maybe it's simply the Lord just saying, go again, it's time to go again. And then just finally, Paul is nailing his colours to the mast. We have a wee boy called Joshua and a uh, He loves his bedtime story, he loves his bedtime story. And if there's any hint of me, because I've maybe had a tired, a tiring day, or I've got a meeting, or if there's any hint of me shortening this story, he's onto it, he knows right away. The story must have a solid start, beginning, start, middle, and end. And uh, if it doesn't, he's onto it in a flash. He's onto it in an instant. For Paul, this is his story. This is his story. And it's not a snapshot. The gospel of Jesus is not a note in his wallet, but it's a walking, it's not a note in his wallet that he takes out at times and goes, let me show you a little bit about this, Jesus. But it's actually a walking, talking advertisement and a living out of Christ. It's not a one-liner, but it's like all his life. Everything about him will shine Christ, whatever the future may bring. Christ will be exalted. It's incredibly encouraging, but I believe it's not to be viewed as, oh, that's really, that's really great, Paul. But more, why not me? Why not me? Why not me? Where is our perspective landing this morning? Just to close, when Goliath came against the Israelites, the soldiers all thought, he's so big we can never kill him. David looked at the same giant and thought, he's so big I can't miss. Where's our perspective? When Paul got imprisoned, I'd imagine the Roman authorities were thinking, that will put a stop to it. Paul looked at where he was and he said, the gospel can't be stopped. Where's our perspective? When Nehemiah, his heart broke for Jerusalem and the destruction that was placed upon that area. He didn't look at the size of the rebuild or how many people he needed or hiring a strategic operations manager to lead the charge. He trusted in the provision of God and not the problems of man. Lord, I want to pray into our perspectives. May you be growing in us fresh surrender an acknowledgement of your holiness and power and love for us. You have a plan, Lord, and we want those chain reactions. We want those stories to inspire others, and we want to afresh nail our colours to the mast.